Limerick Today with Joe Nash on Live 95. You may remember that on last week's show, Labour leader Alan Kelly spoke passionately about this subject. A personal crusade for me now. Uh, the way in which people with disabilities are being treated as part of COVID for me is a national, national bloody disgrace. Um, I know all about St. Gabriel. I'm visiting them today. I'm meeting some of the 28 families. That is a disgrace. Um, but on top of that, then, you've got people with intellectual disabilities who have virtually no services and are being left without the will uh, to continue. Labour leader Alan Kelly giving strong words there on Limerick Today last week. Well, we're joined on the programme this morning by two parents who are affected by this very issue. We have Ellen McSh- Eleanor McSherry, whose son has autism and is a very good friend of the show here. And uh, her son attends a day service in Limerick. And also Tony Noonan is on the line as well. Another friend of the show. Good morning to you both. Good morning. Do we have you? Eleanor? Yeah. Yes. Yeah, okay. do you have it? Yeah. yeah. Okay, well, we'll start with you first of all, Eleanor. Um, so having these services closed, what's it been like for your son not to be able to go to the day service that he normally attends? Um, it's been very tough because he has no social interaction outside of the family, but it's got to the stage now with his autism. He doesn't want to leave the house. So, and he's terrified of anything he sees or reads about COVID-19. Now, he's not like we're able to talk him around, but... And not being able to go out um, and have somewhere to go, somewhere where he knows he has to be and out of his routine um, is a terrible shock to the system for somebody who relies so heavily on their routine. Um, so now it's going to, we're, we're talking about getting trying to get back out to services and it's going to be very difficult. Have you had much contact with the day service since oh, lockdown? Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. No, they ring us twice a week. So his care worker will ring him on a Monday or Tuesday and he has his uh, counsellor um, in the service rings him um, towards the end of the week. Um, this is the National Learning Network out in Raheem. So they've been very good and they have a website. They've put stuff up. Now, he hasn't paid too much of attention to it. To be honest with you, that's his personal choice, which he's still entitled to. Just, you know, he's over 18, so he can choose to engage or not to engage. But... Face-to-face interaction is, is gone. And for somebody with autism, a phone call, yes, it means a lot, but it's not as much as face-to-face interaction um, because seeing seeing somebody, that visual and that tactileness and that multisensory disorder as well um, is gone. Uh, and so that, that is difficult um, for him. So what do you, way do you see it operating when it does get back up and running? Yeah, well, I had a call uh, uh, just there Friday about the way the service is going to run. Um, it's going to be uh, three day a week, uh, two hours. So I have to drive from um, from Ashbrook out to Raheem for him to be in there for two hours. So that's, that's a 30 minute drive on a good day. Now, if there's any kind of traffic at all, and now with only one lane on the the, the bridge, um, you know, I, I can't guarantee I'm going to be there in half an hour, so I might have to leave earlier. I'll have to see what time. I haven't been given the times yet of when, because the service has now gone into a two-week break, um, even though there's nobody out there, but they're on a two-week break. Um, so, yeah, so it's going to be two hours a day. So I don't know what I'm supposed to do. I might have to sit in the car park for two hours 
Um, so when he goes into the service, there'll only be three of them. So times will be staggered. There'll only be three of them in the class at any time. They've social distance. He doesn't have to wear a mask. So he can if he wants to. He has to go in and he has to use cleaning, uh, you know, the products on his hands before he sits down and he has to clean his station when he sits down he's clean. So I don't know how long that's going to take with somebody with autism. It could take the two hours. Do you know what I mean? So it's it's actually going to be extremely disruptive. And I don't know. He said to me he doesn't know if he wants to go back now because he, it sounds like it's 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 going to be an awful lot of uh, mental pressure on him. Um, so we'll have to wait and see. He's two weeks now to make a decision. Yeah, and stuff like using hand sanitizer and wearing masks, much bigger deal for somebody on the autism spectrum than it is for the rest of us. Oh, definitely. I mean, anything to do with, I mean, he's multisensory disorder, so putting anything on his hands at all is, is difficult. And something that smells um, very strongly will drive him insane. You know what I mean? And, um, you know, we're, we're very careful about that, but, but he'll have no choice. Now, he's been brilliant with masks. Anytime he does go out, he wears one. Um, but I don't know, like, is he, if he has to wear it for two hours, I don't know how that's going to go down. They said now he doesn't have to because mm. he'll be socially distanced within it. And if he obviously he can't take his bus anymore, so I'm going to have to drive. Or he used to take a bus out. He didn't take a bus back because of difficulties with that. But I'm I'm just concerned about getting out there at the moment and I'm look forget about September because September is going to be a nightmare getting out there going over the bridge. So uh, I mean all of these things are going on. Uh, everybody else seems to be moving on with their lives and we're still stuck in limbo. Okay, well, people who listen to this programme will be very familiar with Tony Noonan and his Christmas lights out in Temple Glanton. Um, Tony, good morning to you. Good morning, Jolene. Good and morning to all our listeners. Once again, congratulations on the huge sum that you raised for last year's fundraiser with those lights. But, but Tony, you know, you started that whole Christmas lights thing uh, as something for your daughter because she, she loved the lights and it was a big thing for her. Um, and she has disabilities and attends a day service. What's it been like for her not being able to attend the service during lockdown and for you as a family? Yeah, that's correct, Julian. We started it, the lights many years ago. I suppose I don't want to take any credit for it because it's the people that support me and give over the money. It's not my money. Yeah, it has been a disaster for us since the 13th of March, you know, and uh, I suppose I just listened there to Alan Kelly's clip, you know. I put it much, much stronger. We've been abandoned by the state and by our service provider, to be honest about it, and uh, it's a very serious situation and uh, we're very disappointed. After all these years, and as I say, we have a lot of work done for charity ourselves, but then I'm, putting, I'm not putting that out there, you know, but it's very, very disappointing. And uh, I suppose when I look at this, is there's so many people at the top, and they're so heavy at the top, nobody is prepared to stand up and make a decision and to leave the most vulnerable people without a, without a service. It's just, it's disgraceful. Can you describe the kind of service that your daughter attended and what it meant to her? Yeah, Siobhan is 40 years of age this year in October. Uh, she suffers from a disease called Rett syndrome. She needs 24-7 care. And when she goes to the day service, she has her own key worker. It hasn't. It can be anybody anybody else. So she has her own designated worker look after her, you know. And uh, she attends that day service from 9 to 5 in the evening. That's sort of five days a week, you know. And uh, it has turned our, our, our family routine completely out of gear, you know. And... Uh, I suppose the more the more the concern we have as parents is we had no contact from the service for eleven weeks. 
And after yeah. that, I had to make the contact myself to different personnel, to the chief executive of the Charities of Ireland. I had to make so many phone calls. I made all the running, you know, and uh, I suppose that's, you know, be thinking about when the service, if the service had closed me out into the community, it didn't happen in our case, you know, and uh, there was no compassion shown toward us, and we were very disappointed about that. And tell me, you know, having your Siobhan at home nine to five when she's normally attending this service, how has that affected how the family operates? Yeah, it's put us under pressure, you know, as you probably know yourself, you know me well, we're not young people either, you know, and uh, it's 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 a it's a complete ordeal. But uh, as well, I have to say, is the service that she was receiving prior COVID, there was no problem. I'll be honest with you, I have, no, I have to say that there was no problem, you know. But since it's stuck in, it has been unreal, you know. And as I said, they were talking about nurses and everybody on the front line doing great work, which they have done, I'd be honest about it. But we're on the front line with 40 years and there's no word about us, you know. And my wife is a full-time carer. I gave up my job 20 years ago to look after her as well, you know. And they were talking there about leaving just essential services opened. But my daughter's medical condition, she was part of that essential service, which should have been left opened for her, you know. Yeah. Um, clearly, Eleanor, there, you know, there's a range of experiences people have had in terms of the services. And I know some families are at breaking point. I mean, you, you must, I know you're on a, a network of parents of children with disabilities. Yeah. You must yeah. have heard some really, really tough stories. Oh, it's, it's horrific. And I'd like to say, I, 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 our experience was different. Uh, we're very lucky. We were very lucky, to be honest. The majority have had nothing, and my my son, his behaviour isn't too bad. But I mean, anybody with anybody, like it's you know, you know what it's like when a six year old kicks off. Uh, but when a, a, a thirty, forty, fifty, sixty year old uh, with intellectual disabilities who's frustrated, who's upset, who's nonverbal, if they kick off, it's a totally different situation. We have an awful lot of elderly parents. We've an awful lot uh, of parents who had to try and work from home while dealing with an adult with disabilities. It, it's just it's terrific. And if any of those got sick, I've been on I've been on before with yourself about families who people have got COVID and had to self isolate in a house as a carer and could hear their loved one and their family member crying in the other room or upset in the other room and not being able to leave the door. I mean, it's just horrific how we're an afterthought. Um, you know, we're not included in any open-up plans. Nobody has come and consulted us here in Limerick about anything. Um, we're, we're left to one side. Um, I mean, I like like other people, I've had to say, look, you know, what's happening? What's going on? And, um, you know, we've had to push things on a national agenda, you know, about the face mask thing. Well, you can't. Children with autism are not going to understand. People with multisensory disorder can't wear masks on their face. What are we going to do about that? And it's afterthought, afterthought. People who have family members who are deaf or who use communication and visual communication or are blind or have multiple disabilities, um, they can't communicate. So we're taking away somebody's communication from them. And nobody's thought about it. Nobody. We have three ministers for disability. We have three, you know, under that portfolio, three different ministers for disability. And not one of them have come and asked us. They've asked the national group, CEOs who are paid CEOs and the rest of us are forgotten of it. And it's just disgusting behaviour. And we've seen a, a fantastic advocate for women pass away 
And what did she have to do? She had to fight tooth and nail to get what she needed. Are we going to have to have parents in hospitals before people will listen to us? We're chatting to Eleanor McSherry and Tony Noonan, both parents of children with special needs, about the closure of day services during lockdown. Tony, you've heard something now, have you? Do, do you have any idea what is going to be restarted in terms of services for your daughter? Yeah, just on that point there about ministers, you know, we have contacted our, our local minister here on two occasions, and his office, and uh, we have got no phone call back in, which is disgraceful as well, you know. He's had the decency to pick up the phone and ring, ring, ring me. I gave the number on two occasions and uh, that can be checked out of his office, but I got no reply. Yeah, we got received a letter last Friday from the, there's a roadmap out there, you know, stating that the service that would be in touch with us within the, within the next couple of weeks and that uh, I suppose we're going to talk on behalf of Sean that we'll be going back sometime in mid-August maybe with the holidays are coming up now first two weeks in August. So, uh, I suppose it probably will be September. I don't know what kind of how many days a week that's going to be. You know, where Siobhan attends, there's only three people going for their service, so it would be easier. There wouldn't be that. There wouldn't be ten or twenty people going in for it. You know, so I do not know. If, but that is the roadmap. That's we got that last Friday in the in the in the post. You know, and uh, I suppose you know, when you look at it, the Brothers Charity is where Siobhan. Everybody knows where Siobhan attends and finds. She is at the moment. They come on a Thursday and take her away over the last two weeks for a, a, two hours of a drive and brings her back again. They come around 10 o'clock and, they take, and come back again around, around 12 o'clock with her, you know, but I can see where that was coming from because I was putting on so much pressure myself, you know. So anyway, that, <coughs> two hours, but it's a help, you know what I mean? But as I say, we're very disappointed as a family, you know, very disappointed. And is it going to drag on? That's one forward, that is the big problem. Okay, well, it's a very difficult situation and I can only imagine that there are families all across Limerick who are really suffering with this. And it's an issue that we're getting a lot of calls and texts on as well this morning. People are getting in contact with us about it. But thanks very much this morning for joining us on Limerick Today. Eleanor McSherry and Tony Noonan. Thank you. Limerick Today with Joe Nash on Live 95.